The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Foundational Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland of FX Missions. Hi, Scott McClelland with your FX Missions Leadership Moment. Thanks for being here. We're in the middle of a two-part podcast with a special guest, Brian Ensminger. Brian, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Man, I really enjoyed the previous podcast, and I want to point those who are listening here who might not have heard it. The previous podcast, the first one in these two-part series from Brian, if you haven't heard it and you're listening to this, press pause here, go back up one episode, select it, and they will stand alone, but I think you'll enjoy that first mm. podcast. So thank you for that very much. Some of the pillars, I would call that pillars of quality leadership, courageous humility, caring responsibility, and nurturing influence. Wow. Good stuff, Brian. Wow. Thanks. Man, I have trouble not talking into it too much. <laughs> I want them to hear your perspective. So yes, please do check that out there. We've got a couple of pieces we're going to add to it here. We're going to talk a little bit about leadership styles and maybe some contrary leadership styles to the one you you unrolled for us or unfolded for us on the first podcast. And then we're going to switch gears to a little bit of the Jesus style example that you were saying you picked up yeah. in your observation and study of him. So let's jump right in. Sure. Specifically when it comes to leadership styles and even the contrary leadership styles that you've observed, uh, both in Scripture and probably all around us, what would you like to say about that? I guess, you know, as I thought about leadership styles, and especially what I think that I see a lot of times in North America, there were definitely some things that were contrary to what I think I see in Scripture and as I look at how leadership works within a family. And one of the first things that I see that's in my mind, pretty rampant, especially in the U.S., at least in the circles where I, I see this kind of thing, is really a sense of people who are chasing after power. They're trying to assume authority, mm. maybe at the right time, maybe authority that should be theirs. I, I don't, I can't necessarily speak to that, but I, I see that all around. And that's one of the things that really concerned me. And as I thought about this, I thought, well, you know, I do see this in Scripture, as I think about the mm -hmm. ministry of Moses, where we see it, bef before the Exodus, there's this experience where he sees someone being mistreated and he jumps in and tries to take control. And it wasn't the right time. 
And so that really went pretty badly for him, at least at that time, right? He spent that, he left that and he spent 40 years in exile. So it didn't really mm-hmm. go very well. And I see that kind of thing happen as well, where people are, they want the title or they want to take for lack of a better term, even if it's for the good of others, they want to take something rather than waiting for it to be given to them. The The next mm. one I saw, and it's also a Moses example, and it'll sound kind of weird to say it's a Moses example, but there was the disempowering leader, the leader who tries oh, to do everything, yeah. who doesn't provide opportunities or provide guidance for other leaders to come up. And the the place that I saw this in Moses' life was when he was the judge over all of the people and from dusk to dawn, everybody was coming to him with their problems until his father-in-law said, hey man, you got to do this differently or this is going to kill you. And then he put a structure in place to allow other people to take a portion of that burden, which we can look at it two different ways. One, we can look at it from an organizational model and say, well, this is how you should structure an organization so it works efficiently. The other way you can look at it is going, wait a minute, I'm surrounded by these other leaders. Why not provide them with the opportunity to step in and do what they do? These people, these leaders of families, the the tens, the fifties, the hundreds, the thousands, these are already people who are in relationship, who already have authority. They were just, they needed the opportunity to step into that in a different way so that they could judge the people and make those decisions. The, the next mm. one that I saw is really kind of related to the person who chases after the power. And this is what I call the submit to me leader, the leader who thinks that they're the most important <laughs> person, that everything is about preserving their ability to continue. Everything about the organization is for their service, for theirs to expend its at the expense of others even. And the example I thought of that was Rehoboam, where after the reign of Solomon, the people came to him and said, you know what, Solomon made life a little bit tough for us. Would you, would you consider some ways that you might make this a little bit better? And he went to a, a set of his father's leaders, his father's counselors, and they said, yeah, you should probably listen to the people because they're the people you govern. Then he went to his friends, the, the younger mm-hmm. counselors, and they said, No, man, they're challenging your authority. They didn't say it in these words, but they said they're challenging your authority. So this is what you need to do. And he went out and he made it all about his authority and about how they couldn't do what they wanted to do. And it ended up fracturing the kingdom. Now, we know from Scripture that this was not something that was contrary to God's will, but it was a leadership style that we certainly don't want to emulate. And then standing in contrast to that is what I call the permissive leader. This is the person who wants everybody to succeed, but never provides guidance, never provides anything that would help them avoid failure or help them grow in character. That means, you know, not having those difficult conversations, not setting boundaries, not providing the resources sometimes that are needed. And for that one, I saw David and Absalom and their relationship and how it said in scripture that his whole life, David had never told Absalom no. And that's how things turned out that way. So those are four Mm. ways that I saw that were contrary to the kind of leadership that I hope I see in my life and in the lives of the people around me. Man, as we're we're listening, as we're onboarding your commentary here, I think we can see around us so many examples of this. As you mentioned, each one here, you have a kind of a scriptural sort of 
a type mm. from Scripture of these kinds of leaders. But as we think about it, I think we can look all around us and say, aha, yeah, I, I mean, I've seen this and that. And the chasing after power thing, of course, <laughs> is all around us. Yeah. Disempowering leader and the permissive leader thing could be they could work together. Even. Oh, yeah. You're not really empowering anybody, but you're letting people do whatever. I think we could see some combinations. Yeah. Like you said, the submit to me and chasing after power also would be a sort of a classic combination. Yeah. Well, and if you can help me get it down to three points, then it's a sermon, right? <laughs> I guess it is. <laughs> yep. We're getting closer, but we might have a three main points with two sub points each. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I've observed, and, and I'm sure you have, and I want to make sure and say, I think we've got to be really careful as we're thinking about the leadership styles that we observe that seem contrary to the to the example of scripture or what or what the lord is leading us to or what we're growing into we've got to be careful not to think about everybody else as these people and not think about hey you know what maybe i could find my sort of go to on this list where is my weakness being exploited oh yeah when it comes to leadership if we judge ourselves like the scripture teaches we won't be judged if we evaluate ourselves yeah first before evaluating others very very important i think for me i really think i need to apply that if i could jump jump in the one that scares me the most that i think i'm most likely to see in my life is the permissive leader the one who mm. doesn't challenge people to grow, the one who allows things that maybe shouldn't be allowed because I don't want to have those tough conversations. So that's the one that speaks mm. to me. So as we're going through a process of maturity, we might find that some weaknesses that we have overcome in your examples are, are something that we put that to rest, or maybe yeah. that's no longer a big, we're no longer chasing after power. But now we've we've got a, kind of another weakness. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe we're looking the other way over on things that need to be confronted in a reaction to us being the submit to me guy before <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> Overreaction, I'd say. Yeah. So, wow. So excellent points there. We're going to finish up here with some thoughts from you in terms of how Jesus contrasted to the chasing after power, the disempowering leader, the submit to me leader, the permissive leader. What have you seen in Jesus's example when it came to his leadership? How is that a contrast to what we've discussed? Oh, man. Looking at Jesus as a leadership example, as the leadership example, is, is very humbling. As I looked at it, one of the things that stood out to me, as I thought first, is that Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. Scripture talks about how as he was growing up, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Now, there's a couple of different ways to hear suffer. One is to hear it as suffering as though going through physical trial. The other way is to endure things through the things that you allow. I can't speak to exactly what Scripture meant in that sense because I haven't researched it. But clearly, Jesus learned obedience, which means that he learned how to lay down the authority that was actually rightfully his in order to be subjected to the authority of another person. Later, we see that he spoke with authority, and we know that he spoke the truth, even when it hurt. 
We even know that he spoke the truth in instances where doing something else could have gotten him out of trouble or what was perceived as trouble. We see that he was not afraid to defend the oppressed, that he didn't value, for lack of a better term, the organization over the whole or over the individual, that he very clearly loved the individual and that he put the needs of others first. But he also honored both the group and the individual. You know, he honored the the 5,000 people. He didn't we don't see in scripture that he singled out a single person from the 5,000 right. said, feed that person first. He honored them all, but clearly he took care of all of them. And then we, we see, and this is, this is the example, right? We see that even though he was one with God, he didn't grasp or hold on to that equality or consider it something to be grabbed onto. Instead, he became right. a servant and was obedient even to being tortured to death. And because of that, God has exalted him to the highest place. Wow. The example for leadership and life, yeah. Jesus Christ, cannot be improved upon. And we, we've got to thank God in every recognition of that reality. Hmm. Jesus gave us such a good example. You know, I, I love the book of Hebrews for the way that it analyzes and examines so much of what Jesus did, especially even contrast to the old covenant and how he fulfilled and and brought this stuff forward. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful examples. Jesus is our example. And the Philippians 2 reference there at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, man. That's a tough chapter. I think we could yeah. spend some time there when it comes to how we relate to the concept of power. Mm. That is uh, something that we could benefit from. I, I, I continue to be amazed at the fact that Jesus, when he was, he's in a position of power that he has, he has power, but Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't exercise it in the way that, you know, I I could call a legion of angels down and deal with this problem (laughs) if I wanted to, but he didn't. And he let that process play completely out. From a position of being who he was, he did not respond in a retaliatory way. Mm. That's so hard. Yeah. When you're in a position of power and someone does something offensive to you or someone does something egregious to you, not to react. It's within your power to react aggressively. I got a lot of growing to do, Brian. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) We all do, I think. But he is clearly, as Scripture indicates, He predestined us to the image of his son, to be like Jesus. Mm -hmm. So there's grace for our growth. I believe it. Wow. Any final or parting thoughts you want to share as we come to the close here? I think it just kind of goes back to one of your comments earlier about finding the point of tension, that it's easy to go from one extreme to the other. And the challenge, I think, is to accept the the role of responsibility that you've been given in whatever sphere of influence that is, whether it's your family or a, a, mm. a work organization or whatever, to, to accept that and to continue to grow, but not to grab at it or hold on to it as though it's yours, and also mm. not to shirk it, to, to actually take that responsibility seriously and to, to continue to grow, but not with the idea of exalting yourself. Instead, with the idea of just finding more ways to serve the people around you and allowing God 
to give you the opportunity to serve however he sees fit. There's some key stuff in that, in that one little recap mm. there. It reminds me of the guy in Proverbs, right? The city's in terrible trouble. They found some poor, wise old man. They brought him out. He said, do this. The city was saved. They quickly forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, I think I was dumbfounded by that scripture for so many years. How could this be? I lived a little since then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've realized that I know how that could be. It, it seems like, especially as we're beginning in our leadership process, we've got ideas about leadership that are unfounded. You know, mm. how could the old man who had the wisdom to save the city be marginalized, pulled from the margins, save the city and quickly be marginalized again? Yeah, that's the way it sometimes works. But Jesus gave us an example that encompasses that, you know, that that falls under the umbrella. Jesus was certain in his sonship. He couldn't be tempted to try to prove himself. He demonstrated Dignity in the face of opposition mm. and hate and scrutiny and crucifixion. Yeah. Look no further for the example of all examples when it comes to leadership. Thank you so much for reminding us of that, Brian. Oh, very powerful. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to think about this. Man, it's, it's good stuff. And I, I think a lot of people are going to be thinking about it a lot just as a result of this talk. Now, again, guys, if you didn't hear the first part of the podcast, the first of these two podcasts, go back and check that out and enjoy that and be intrigued and be inspired and be challenged by Brian Ensminger and his contribution to the leadership moment. Brian, your podcast, you've got your own podcast. How many episodes in now? Oh man, I forget what I just published. I know that I just, re <laughs> I think that it's 243 or 244 right now as we're recording wow. this. Wow. Wow. That is Awesome, man. That is that is powerful. Engagingmissions.com. That's where you can find Brian and his uh, social media contacts and his reams of podcasts that he's done with <laughs> ministry and missions leaders from literally all over the world. I've always and continue to be encouraged when I have been on Engaging Missions. You're in Google Play. You're in Apple Podcasts. You're in... Stitcher, you're, I think I'm speaking right, am I? Yeah, I, I try to be as many places as I can where I think people might find the show and find it valuable. Yes, well, I encourage everyone to quickly get to engagingmissions.com, sign up for your your platform and your format or however you receive your podcast and instantly be encouraged and instantly be equipped at a higher level. Really appreciate you being here, Brian. Anything else you want to mention before we go? No, I, I just appreciate getting to talk to you and to, to share this. Man, I, I and I'm looking forward to seeing you soon as I'll be in Nashville. Yeah. You know, maybe around a month, I think. So I look forward to catching up with you in person, maybe seeing your family again if they're available. I know they've grown a lot since yeah. I saw you last. Wow. Wow. What a blessing. Well, thanks again for being here, Brian. You're welcome. This is Scott McClellan with your FX Missions Leadership Moment at fxmissions.com. You can reach it out to us by email at info at fxmissions.com. Thanks for listening to the Leadership Moment. Rate us wherever you find your podcasts. And until next time on the Leadership Moment, have a good one.
Leadership Moment was produced in partnership with Engaging Missions. Have your leadership question answered by contacting Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit FX Missions to learn more about how you can grow your leadership and engage in missions. Visit engagingmissions.com for encouragement, insight, and resources from missionaries, ministry leaders, and church planters.